Get the latest weather, traffic, and news updates online at 560theanswer.com. Guess who's back? What a great day to be in talk radio, baby. It is rare when the President of the United States can get everybody mad. And I love that. I really do. Because could it be that maybe they're both wrong? Just a little food for thought, because I'm going to tell you something. As you know, you people out there, Trumponomics is a Keynesian fraud, and I call it every single time. That doesn't mean I want it to fail doesn't mean I want the president to fail. I never want the president to fail. Even when he is a scoundrel like Barack Obama, I couldn't stand the idea that I knew it was going to be a fail. I knew that Obamacare, what it was going to do, and cripple us. And it did. I knew what happens when you plant the seed of socialism. It is a cancer that metastasizes and cripples a nation. So I fought it. But it's, still like, it's, like, when you, it's like when Mo died, my little boy. At the very end, you hope, you just hope something happens and they pull out of it. So even when I don't like somebody or when, whatever the case is, you don't want fail. And I don't want Trump fail any more than I wanted George W. Bush fail. Another failure. And that's the thing. We have a a, a pattern of putting faith in people versus a principle or fundamental, which is what I advocate for in every instance. But you can also tell a lot about a society whose religious people, and I'm sorry, this is going to offend a lot of people, but we might as well start off with a haymaker. Pat Roberts, the old stumbling guy. I know he's got a big following, and I'm sure he doesn't fly coach. But listen to what he said today that I think is just outrageous, even if you disagree with all this. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say right now, I am absolutely appalled that the United States is going to betray those democratic forces in northern Syria, that we possibly are going to allow the Turkish to come in against the Kurds. That Erdogan is a thug. He has taken control of his country as a dictator. He is a strong leader, and to say he's an ally of America is nonsense. He is in for himself. And the president who allowed Khashoggi to be cut in pieces uh, without any repercussions whatsoever is now allowing the Christians and the Kurds to be massacred by the Turks. And I believe, and I want to say this with great uh, solemnity, the president of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. So sit down. That's it. You're not going to happen now, big guy. Big Donnie, not going. Did you pull the troops out? Forget about the fact you ran on it. You pulled them out. No heaven for you. No soup for you. I understand both sides of it. I fully understand both sides of it. But I campaigned on the fact that I was going to bring our, our soldiers home and bring them home as rapidly as possible. I, we, all together, you, we defeated and took over 100% of the ISIS caliphate. Everybody said that was going to be an impossible thing to do. I did it, and I did it quickly because we have a great military now. When I took over our military, we didn't have ammunition. I was told by a top general, maybe the top of them all, sir, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have ammunition. I said, I'll never let another president have that happen to him or her. We didn't have ammunition. And that's when you should have bought your Halliburton stock. 
But the main point is he did run on it. He ran on this, and I can remember way back to 2014, although in the news cycle it is a millennium ago. Today, it's when Barack Obama, through executive fiat, sent troops to Syria. And at that time, the Democrats were mad and the conservatives were mad. So I can't figure you people out. You're mad when they go, and you're mad when they come home. Why? Or is it that you're just used to people telling you what to think? We don't do that here. We discuss the principle. You're the co-host of this show. 312-642-5600. This is the discussion. I can argue both sides of this argument, but I will say this. Although I I have always rejected Trumponomics because of its collectivism, because of its fraud and hidden subsidies and nonsense, and we'll get back into that in in a little while. I liked Trump's position of, why are we everywhere, and let's pull our guys back. Now, nobody wants to see the Kurds get killed. We're going to have Jeb Babinon, 535. I'm very excited about that because, you know, sometimes we'll disagree, but I I, I do believe he uh, has some expertise in this field. I want his take on it, but I want your take on it, too. And the answer and, and the question really is, what side are you on? Because I'm seeing all of the Republicans jump ship. I'm seeing the Democrats who supposedly hated war. They're jumping ship, too. See, it's easy to be in these wars when you disconnect yourself from them, when there is a plot to not talk about these wars for 18 and 19 years, unheard of, the toll of lives and devastation. It seems like the only time we really talk about those ramifications of bad presidents sending people to war is when we want more money for the VA. It's the only time anybody really cares. Yeah, you could argue that maybe he should have had a better plan. I get it, and I agree with it. But can you argue with his premise? I don't know if you can. And if you look at the the, the thuggery of Turkey or the thuggery of Syria or the thuggery of of, uh, Saudi Arabia or Iran or Iraq, what the hell are we even doing there? Nobody has a plan. You stuck a bunch of guys in there. You let everybody go fend for themselves. You kept throwing money at the problem. And now you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know how to get out. So you're mad at every suggestion every time it gets out. Ironically... On a day where everybody's mad at Trump, I'm not. Maybe I'm just that much of a contrarian on the slap and tickle Chicago drive time. Anything's possible. But more importantly, where are you on this? All right. Call screens are lit up, but we got room. Call in. Let's go to uh, Patrick. Patrick, thanks for calling. How are you? Yeah, no problem. I agree. With, I'm a veteran. I agree with you 100%. Get out of, get out of Syria. Because what we're learning with Biden is every time we destabilize an area of the world, People are getting, all these politicians are getting kicked back. And you know something, Patrick, hold on. Did you see there's a story today where it looks like there was a scheme involving the Trump administration with another oil company? I mean, I'm not, we're going to go through the article later in the show. But to your point, it really doesn't matter. It seems like really that's the system. We break it or we invade it and then a select few really profit from it. So I'm. And one other thing I like that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I like to. I mean, disagree with you on the Keynesian thing. I, 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 you know, I, 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 you know, I went to school, got an economics degree, but I didn't use it in my, my later life. Okay. It's, well, it's not a perfect world out there. It's not a perfect world. So you have to do some things like China. You have to fight back somehow. Okay, well, we're going to go. You know, I'm not for, I'm not a terrorist. I'm not for it. you got to do something. Listen, we're going to go over this, right but I want you to do me a favor, Patrick, because this is the conversation I want to have. I want you to tell me how a select few has the right to control the macro economy of America, number one. 
And number two, I want you to tell me how we can increase the debt $600 billion in 90 days, brother. 90 days. And nobody's talking about it. And, And you know why it's that? It's because we're subsidizing fake success. That's the Keynesian theory, Patrick. But you call, we'll call, have another show dedicated to that to that alone. But right now, I just want to talk about this. Right, thank, thank you, Patrick. I really do appreciate it. Kyle, I love when they call early. I got to tell you something. I really do because it means they're paying attention and it means they want to voice their opinion. And I'm interested in the opinion. I'm not going to come up here and dictate my opinion to you. I'm going to tell you what it is. And then I want the argument, damn it. I like the argument. One thing I'm not going to do is, is, is phony it and play Ocasio-Cortez. Everybody knows she's a dimwit who has no idea what a, what a garbage disposal is. I'm not going to take the cheap way out. We're going to talk about the main thing. I like what he did. You could argue about how he did it. But ultimately, to me, there is no justification for somebody else's kids to die. I'm sorry. Now, that being said, is it fair that the Kurds die? No. Most tragic thing in Vietnam when we pulled out and we left all the people that, that collaborated with us there to be slaughtered. Tragic. But that seems to be something we're good at. This isn't the first time we, we, we uh, lied to the Kurds. Kyle, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Are you there? Hey, hey good as always. Nah, yeah, I, I, uh, I want to sit back and, uh, you know, smoke a cigar like your little emoji shirt there got going on Yo, and whine about this all day. I forgot, I forgot to talk so, about yeah. the shirts. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got to put that out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I could whine about this all day. We do not belong policing the world. I, it is unfortunate. Bad things happen to everybody else. But why are we the one paying the bills physically or with lives? At you, the end of the day, that's all it comes down to. And how about the what, the turmoil with Iraq? Nobody just talks about it. We just don't talk about it anymore. Look at Iraq. No, before. no, you sweep it under the rug. How about Iraq was the one fighting Iran for eight years before we broke it? And now look at what we're doing. We broke it. Now Iran's the problem. I mean, I'm not for any of this. I'm not for any of this, which is why the other argument is to stabilize an immigration system that saves people who can flee. So, see, this is a complex thing. Even though it seems very simple, it's complex. But what makes it almost uh, where you can't get out of the problem is because we don't stand for anything anymore. We're we're blowing our our, with the wind when it comes to our funding. We're done. After Trump, Republicans are done. I tell you what, Kyle, I think think they're done right now. I think the Republicans are done right now. But, yeah, of course. Talking about principle, they have nothing. I love it, Kyle. Thanks for calling the show. All right, we got time, or should we just go to break? All right, because I want to play to Kyle's point and to Europe. And if you're on the line, stay on the line. 312-642-5600. I never liked this Lindsey Graham. Smarmy little son of a gun. Never. And then all of a sudden, he started to talk like Trump, and they love him. Hey, Lindsay, I was listening to him like WrestleMania, right? He was coming out of the curtain. He had no shirt on. That's a dream he had. Here he is after today. ISIS is not defeated, my friend. The biggest lie being told by the administration that ISIS is defeated. The caliphate destroyed, but there are thousands of Does fighters have- over there. And no, the caliphate would not have been destroyed without the Kurds. And I applaud the president. For getting the Kurds and the Arabs to do most of the fighting, the casualties to destroy the caliphate was very low. We've got less than a 1,000 troops now in Syria. But this impulsive decision by the president has undone all the gains we've made, thrown the region into further chaos. Iran is licking their chops. And if I'm an ISIS fighter, I've got a second lease on life. So to those who think ISIS has been defeated, you will soon see. And to Turkey, okay. you've destroyed the relationship What little you had with the U.S. Congress. And I will do everything I can to sanction Turkey's military 
and their economy if they step one foot into Syria. But they are. Well, I hope I'm making myself clear how short-sighted and irresponsible this decision is, in my view. Am I the only one who thinks John Bolton's in a hot tub going, yeah, you get him? It's ridiculous to me. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. It's news, opinion, insight. It's AM 560, The Answer. So did I tell you about the T-shirts in there? We had a fan to the show, a fan, created T-shirts, sent them into the studio. I'm excited about it, but apparently they think I'm a big, what am I, a city worker? She sent like a triple X. I'm sure there's a couple of guys in here that could take it, though, huh? Why not? All right, let's go to the phone lines, because you got a time, You only got a little bit to chime in here. Mike, thanks for calling the Oh, hey, Mike. It's a radio show. I can't hey, be quiet. Hey, that's Mike. Oh, how are you, buddy? Oh, no, I got, like, kids running around here. And, All right. That's, uh, yeah, hey, listen uh, to me. That's parenting, show, baby. Sean, that's how show. I did it. Yes, me too. Thank you. You know, I, you know, I got to keep them in line so they don't grow up to be liberals. I like it, you know. man. A lot of, this hey, uh, go ahead. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, uh, the industrial military and complex is still a lot alive and kicking. But the thing Trump forgot to do was, uh, hey, let's, let's get the world involved in uh, Syria. Like, why don't they call the U.N.? You know, they got all the freaking answers, right? Mike, I'll tell you something. <laughs> this seems to be a theme that I have a hard time. I'm searching in my memory. When's the last time we went to one of these wars and things were better afterwards? I can't, you know, it may be Korea. You could say Korea. But you, since then, all these conflicts, where, where, where did we make things better? But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, Mike. I elect you. To go down to Congress and you just pretend those congressmen are your kids. You start yelling, brother, and we're going to get some effects. I That's like right. it. That's raising parents. I love it. See, we need more parents like that. None of this, what do you want a timeout? If you don't stop it, you're going to get a timeout, Joey. You send Mike in there. Start yelling. Owen, thanks for calling the Slap and Tickle Chicago Drive Time. Okay, Sean, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. The Kurds and the Turks and that whole region has been fighting for hundreds of years. For people to say we're abandoning them. They also fought for their own existence. We're not abandoning anybody. That fight is going to go on for another few hundred years. I mean, it was We're supposed uh, to stay was, there until. I mean, you're talking about it. This really has. If you really look at this, this is Kublai Khan stuff. So Netflix needs to make a miniseries out of it. But I don't want to see little Joey from Kansas get get maimed or killed. I mean, I. But here's no. the thing. I, I feel. Let Abdul protect Abdul. Well, I feel, you know but I feel terrible because now they depended on us and we abandoned them. See, that's, so that's the line. I, I, I don't want to condemn anybody, but the problem is we were in there and we shouldn't have been. Oh, you're right. You're right. But when you say they were dependent on us, were they dependent on us hundreds of years ago? No. No. They weren't. And you know something? They helped us. We helped them. Yeah, and Trump ran on the fact that we were going to get out of there. Those people knew we were going to stay there forever if Trump won. All right, but let me let me let me let me play devil's advocate to Owen's point because I do radio a little different. We're going to argue both sides of this and see where the most sense is. The other argue, side of the argument is, if France doesn't get involved with us fighting the English, we're not free. They saved us. That's why we got that lady. Right. Americans would have never put a lady right. there. They would have put a guy that looked like Lindsey Graham there. Yeah, but I'm just, so there are two sides of this argument. The question is, what is the policy that needs to be enacted? And you know what, Owen? I think I got it. I got an idea. You know what would have saved a lot of this? Is that if before we send troops anywhere, Congress voted on it. Can you imagine if we had a rule like that? Oh, wait a minute. 
we did have a rule like that. And Barack Hussein Obama, king of the pen, managed to get rid of it. Now Trump wants to be the emperor of the pen. He's doing the same thing. Maybe the problem's the pen, right? How much of this stuff do they do with the pen? The pen isn't supposed to be there. See, I, 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 I played like I didn't know the answer. I know the answer. The problem is we keep breaking the damn rules. And why? So Hunter Biden could set up an oil company or Rudy Giuliani? Because they're both doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that pinky ring. I told you it's a bad sign on a man. Like that plastic hair with the double stick tape. Bad idea. All right, let's go to Candace. Candace, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Oh, so glad you're on today, Sean. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was on Twitter and I saw a Megan McCain having her uh, fit on The View, and I just thought, there is no way that that guy from the Federalist married that chick because she's a good. You oh, know, easy. Let's not speculate. Maybe he likes big butts and he cannot lie. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> All right. So, listen, I agree. I appreciate the call. But you know what? He would have loved this. McCain never saw a war. He didn't want to send somebody else's kids to. I get it. He went. I I get it that he went. I get it. But I think something happened there. He got addicted to it because that's not where we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be there. And he shouldn't have been there either. When you really think about it, he shouldn't have been there either. And that's the real problem. Thanks, Candace, for calling the show. That's the real problem. When is the last time we went to war? And the country was better for it. Anybody? Anybody. And Korea, you could argue, and I'll tend to agree with you, but look at what we did in Vietnam. Thousands upon thousands, depending on us. We could have won the war. We all know that. In hindsight, we have history books. And we bailed. How many slaughtered afterwards? Did we even look at who we sided with when we went in? I don't think they did, because that guy wasn't really that much of a good guy either. That South Korean guy, I mean, South Vietnamese guy, he was a bad dude. That was two sides. We should have never been picked one. And in the meantime, we lost, what, 68,000 of our boys? Not to mention tens, if not hundreds of thousands that are affected. Trajectory of your nation changed. Now, this is going to be hard because I'm going to have Jeb Babin on. And Jeb Babin, you know, he's pro-military complex. I like him. And he's going to convince me. But this is the bigger argument to me. The Republicans and the Democrats... Both think we should have stayed. And when those two son-of-a-gun groups agree on anything, you know what that means? They're wrong. There you go. That's how you did. There's the barometer for wrong. Do the Republicans and the Democrats agree? Well, that must be wrong, even if you think it's right. All right, Dr. Joe, thanks for uh, calling. Yeah. How are you? Yes, yes, sir. Um, you have to give to Trump the following thing. If you don't want to see people get killed, and decapitated as they were doing with ISIS, he has solved that problem by by getting rid of ISIS. You think he got now, rid of, you, Dr. Joe, you're, you're assuming he got rid of them. Yes, he did. So another thing is... I'll let him know. Somebody what let happened ISIS now, know. He has destroyed the Turkish economy. I'm a Greek, and I know what destruction of the... of when your um, money goes down... To 50% of what it was in two years ago. Yeah, but then you and just get the IMF to again, Instead of having Americans getting killed there. So he is a, he is a man that knows what he's doing. Okay, I like that. That is my point, period. I, and I'm hanging up. I, right. I'll listen to you. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. 
I do. I do. See, I love it because that's how fired up people get. I love it. And he's got a point of view. I don't necessarily agree lockstep. I don't think ISIS is done. I mean, somebody should tell him. Otherwise, what the hell's going on there? ISIS is done. Not done. And if they want to change their name, like Blackwater, when they want to get the big contract, you change your name. It's all right. The Saudis will back you just like they do everybody else. And there are guys. It's for Greek and the money. That isn't the world's fault. That's because the Greek were corrupt. Their banking system was a sham. They're socialists. And you could tell he's not. He's here working, right? He's got the little girl from Siri telling him which direction to go in. I wanted to ask about that, uh, that Euro sauce. I love that stuff. I don't know how to make it. All right, Rob, thanks for calling the show. Oh, we don't have time. All right, Rob, listen, I feel terrible. Put him back on hold. I feel terrible, but we got to go to break. And then we have Jeb Babin, I believe. But if not, leave Rob on. You know, Jeb might be busy. We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600. Read it tomorrow. See it tonight. Or hear it now. AM 560. The answer. Yeah, you know the song. So does McCain's husband. All right, listen, I'm excited about this because uh, we have a guest on that I have interviewed when I fill in on the morning show. I have a lot of respect for him, even though sometimes, not total agreement, but I'm willing to be convinced because I think he comes from a conscientious, well-thought-out position. Jed Babin is a columnist for the Washington Examiner, served as a deputy undersecretary for defense in the George H.W. Bush administration, and is a senior fellow of the London Center for Policy Research and an author. Inside the Asylum, and in the words of our enemies. Jeb, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I needed to get an Thanks. expert. All right? And you remember I, I, I've interviewed you on the morning show. I'm sure you were very impressed. Told all your friends. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I wanted your take on today's events. What do you, what is, what do you think? Well, it's uh, hard to know where to start, Sean. Uh, it was an entirely bad decision by the president. I think it's a betrayal of our Kurdish allies, and I think it's going to result basically in benefit to Russia, Iran, Turkey, and uh, quite frankly, some of the terrorist groups that we fear most, such as ISIS and al-Qaeda. This is going to be a very big win for all of them, and I think the Kurds, uh, who are probably shocked by this, uh, really should not have been, because it's frankly been our pattern uh, to betray the Kurds from time to time over, oh, say, the past century. I said, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I said the, the same thing on our lead-in at the 5 o'clock hour because, you know, I, I have to tell you, Jeb, the only difference between you and me is that I hate the idea that our boys go and get killed for nothing. I do. I hate that. I think a lot of these, these, have, these plans have been not thought out as to what the goal is, how does it look like when it ends, and what is the definition of accomplishment? I don't like 19-year conflicts. I know you don't, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're neck deep in this stuff. Nobody likes war. Nobody likes the idea kids are being killed. But what is, the, what is the conscientious plan for exiting? And is there one? Or are we just there? Well, that's a very big question. And we've got to take it apart a little bit to ensure we get the right answer. Uh, quite frankly... There is no current way to just get out. That's one of the things that President Trump is mistaking. Uh, He believes that you can have an end to an endless war by simply walking away. Well, that just is not how the world works. Uh, The real issue here is 
multifaceted because you have, on the one hand, the Islamist regimes such as Erdogan's Turkey, uh, you have Iran, which is not only an Islamist regime, but the principal sponsor of terror in the world. Uh, and you have a lot of different things going on between them. You have Russia. Uh, and, you know, again, these people are trying to keep Bashar Assad in power, and they're doing a very good job of it. Uh, you know, if you go back just a little bit, uh, when President Obama was toying with the idea of going into Syria and making a military intervention there uh, in 2012 and 2013, I was against it because Syria was not a strategic location. We did not have a national security interest in it. Now, however, things have changed dramatically. Over those years, Turkey has become a Russian and Iranian ally. Russia and Iran have dug deep into Syria. They are entrenched there. Uh, Russia has permanent air and uh, naval bases there. The Iranians have uh, air bases and uh, terrorist bases there. So, you know, it's now become a strategic country because of its location. It's right next to Israel, right next to Iraq, you know, a whole bunch of other places where Syria can make an enormous amount of trouble. So now it is more important than it was for us to get out of there. We could, well, establish a safe zone for the Kurds because they have been fighting and dying alongside our troops there. We owe it to them and tell Erdogan, uh, Erdogan, however his name is pronounced, and Assad and the Russians that, you know, we're going to enforce that safe zone with American air power. And if you try to cross us, we're going to make you very sorry. Uh, but that's the kind of things we need to do. We need to find a different means of dealing with the Islamist regimes. And that goes into another whole conversation about the ideological war we're not fighting. Right. And, and you know, as you're talking, I'm remembering when Iraq was fighting Iran, when Saddam was not uh, necessarily, we weren't totally against him, and he was really doing a lot of the work we knew we would have to kind of fill in if that collapsed. Now, obviously, you can't go back in time. But I have to ask you, do you think, I, I remember an interview you were on when Obama executive ordered troops to Syria, and I remember your position on it. And now here we are, we're another executive order creates more damage. Do you think maybe we should go back to the old-fashioned way of when Congress used to vote on where we send our guys? Well, absolutely. Uh, we certainly should, but Congress hasn't done that in, oh, I don't know, since uh, World War II, I'm thinking. Uh, you know, there have been things, well, we had the uh, authorization of the use of military force after 9-11, which was kind of sort of a declaration of war addressed to whom it may concern. But the fact of the matter is Congress has the right, the power, and the duty to consider these matters to declare war or not and to authorize the president to make war. Now, that's, of course, the president's power comes into that. He has an authority in and of himself as the commander-in-chief oh, to commit American forces where they need to be. Yeah. But for long wars, for, for serious wars, well, there's no such thing as a not serious war. But for large wars and wars that are going to take more than you know, more than the time it takes to talk about them. Uh, we need to have congressional approval and involvement. And now that we're in these wars of, of various reasons in the Middle East where you can't reason with the unreasonable, and you said it earlier, they're, they're never-ending, what is the answer that really does bode well for the world and for America? Well, the only answer that bodes well for America and the, uh, and the world is for us to undertake the ideological war that the Islamists are fighting against us every minute of the day. Uh, we have not fought that war at all. 
You can look back to the 1996 fatwa that uh, Osama bin Laden published against us, declaring holy war against the United States, and we have never, ever engaged in the ideological war. We need to destroy and defeat their radical Islamic ideology before we can do anything else, because that ideology really propels the terrorist groups and nations such as Iran to keep coming back to the fight. Unless we beat that ideology, they will keep coming back to the fight forever. Judd, I wish I had you for an hour, but you know how this capitalism works. We've got to go to commercials. Listen, <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I would love to discuss more. I hope you will come back. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. You want more than when and what. The stories behind the stories on AM560. The answer. All right, we got callers on the line. I'm going to take more calls, 312-642-5600. My takeaway from that, now a lot of times I disagree with Jed. Like him, though, and I do believe he's a, he's a good person, comes from a good, but there's, it's about the unsaid that I don't like with our foreign policy. Just say it. You're in there forever. There is no exit. And it's broken, and the guys who broke it are us. We broke it. 1953, CIA. Iran wasn't like this. They weren't uh, run on ideological religion. We did that. We put that guy in there. They had an election. We staged a, We backed a coup. Seems to be a problem. Seems to have caused a lot of problems. Saddam Hussein, we backed him. And he's fighting the Iranians for years. What happens there? I don't know. Must have told old man Bush, I don't like funny socks. And by the way, I can't figure out the pearls on your wife's neck. And we go to war there. Back out. Little Bush doesn't like that. We're going to take him out. Now look at us. Neck deep. Don't know why. How about when they're declaring winners? This reminds me of the jumpsuit. Remember the jumpsuit on the, air, uh, on the uh, aircraft carrier? That's it. Mission accomplished. You heard our wonderful caller, and I'm sure he is a wonderful man. That's it. ISIS is dead. Mission accomplished. You can't kill an idea. This is an idea. This is hate. You can isolate an idea, right? What do we all do when we got that one moron relative comes by on Thanksgiving, we hope doesn't stab himself in the eye, and probably a teamster. What do we do with that guy? We just isolate him, tell our kids not to talk to him, go sit in the corner, throw him a turkey leg here and there. Isolate. You avoid all kinds of conflict. Instead, Look at what you're doing. And these are all somebody else's. I know, I know, we're not supposed to talk about the fact that uh, their kids really don't go away. If you're going to have this policy, here's a bombastic idea. If you're going to have a policy of uh, imperialism, of military interventionism, why send the kids? Let's do 50 years old, 51, I'll, I'll go. 51 down. That's the first line. Not us, we send kids Kids that don't know, dung from Shinola, cleaned it up. We just, in good conscience, we send them. Oh, we got to be in the Middle East. We got to be. What do you mean we? It's like Trump with the tariffs. Who's we, dummy? It's no we. It's somebody else. And it's chaos. It's been going on since September 11th. Chaos. Generations now. If this war was a person, it would be a freshman in college. Generations are all screwed up.
constant money. We don't even count it anymore. That's maybe uh, Muir will read it on the 530 news at the end. Another three died in Afghanistan. We knew this when the Russians went bankrupt fighting the Afghans. We jumped in both feet. In the beginning after September 11th, Syria was helping us. Now they don't like us. Okay? Turkey was the good guy. Now Turkey's the bad guy. There's only one constant. There's only one constant relationship in the Middle East, and it's Saudi Arabia, and I say they're the bad ones. Maybe the problem is our stupidity, our naivete. So I'm not ready to condemn this as a terrible move because it's got the neocons and the neoliberals all in a tizzy. And in the meantime, if it saves one kid from Kansas, it's worth it. I don't want to see Kurds die. Just like I didn't want to see uh, uh, the South Vietnamese. We abandoned them. Tens of thousands of them they wiped out. We'll never know the devastation. But maybe we shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's the argument to have. And we certainly shouldn't be there because some dummy gets elected. Sorry, even if you like him. And he decides to sign a piece of paper. We have a republic. It is supposed to be a representative republic, which means even the dumb congressmen get to say no. No, I don't want to go. And if, it's, if they win, then we're not in the soup. The problem is the powers that be know that. And that's why they create these little, they, they, they play word games. Word salad. We'll call it a police action in Vietnam. Oh, it seems benign. In the meantime, you were sending them there for five years before you let anybody know. Same thing with what's been going on in South America. 1953 in Iran. We're the people. What are you hiding from us? We're the ones that have to bail you out. We're the ones that actually get our kids sent there. Not you guys. No senator is going to lose a kid there. Believe me. All right, now it's time to go to the phone lines. Rob, thanks for calling the show. I appreciate you hanging on, kid. Hey. How are you? What do you got? How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. You got to... All right, I can't hear. Hey, we must have a bad connection, either that or you swallowed a turtleneck. I'm sorry. You hung on for a while. I appreciate it. George, thanks for calling the show. Hey, Sean. Uh, I just I agree with your last guest. can't remember his name. but Jed you know, Babin. That's a big one, kid. I, I reeled in a big fish. Jed Babin. He's on TV with the makeup and everything. Go ahead. Mike, kudos to you. Thank you. Uh, I agree with his last comments about the ideology. It's the only thing... You, the only way you have any kind of chance, there it's not Mohammed and his little cronies of his gang of thieves were they were geniuses. They invented the perfect cancer to take over land after land after land. It's a political movement, and unless we learn to wake up and smell the coffee and fight the ideology, that's a tough word for me to say, just so you know, uh, we're not going anywhere. And that's my comment. Thanks. I appreciate the call very much. But, you know, there's a, a fact that we as Americans tend to do. We cast the ideology of, 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 of a small group onto the entire thing. You realize they're not really the majority. In fact, they're the super, super minority of that religion. And it's billions upon billions of people. Maybe it's time for that John Lennon song. Imagine, huh? right? Maybe everybody would get along a little bit if we played a little John Lennon. I know he's a communist. I'm well aware. Verlon! Thanks for calling the show, kid. Man, how's it going, brother? Wonderful. Listen, I'm with you, man. I'm sick of every last one of these war mongers on the right 
and these warmongers on the left. The ones that's on the left just want to be against Trump. But even the ones on the right, like you said, their kids aren't the ones dying. I want these kids, I want our boys back home. I'm done with I'm done with this war unless we truly, truly, truly have to intervene. Like if somebody comes to try, strike us like they did when Bush was in office. Other than that, there's no excuse for leaving our boys over there and and, and being part of that that terrible mess that's been going on for a thousand years with these Arabs and whatever you call them, with all the different names that they have. I appreciate that very much. Let the record show. Verlon with the tr- big Trump with the Caddyshack hat. We agree. See, I can pick out the winners with Trump. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. He's not a god. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. Reactions and opinions. AM560, the answer. Here we are, Slap and Tickle Drive Time, Chicago. Now, before I get into, we had the economic guy that called, said he, had a, you know, he didn't agree with me with Trumponomics. I'm going to prove, once again, that I'm right, if I may Trumpian it. Uh, before I do that, there's a reason I always uh, say, yeah, it's a rock and a hard place. And as a non-socialist, we only have one side. I don't want to be affiliated with him up until then. However, there is no question that we only have one side. As I watch the Democrats flail, and I'm being kind to whatever is going on on that side, and I don't just mean Bernie Sanders with the gripper telling me it was, oh, he just had a little blockage. Yeah. You mean like a heart attack blockage? Yeah, heart attack blockage. (laughs) All right. And, uh, you know, he's a thousand years old anyway. The real question is, what's, you know, how did he get here and why won't he go away? So whatever, you know, I'm fine with it. And uh, then Joe Biden who, if he had a car, would not remember where the keys were, let alone where it was parked, or the Dutch boy. She's my personal favorite. The, she is a compulsive, habitual liar. Liar. Everything that comes out of her mouth is a lie. So that's why I'm not going to get too up in the air about her beliefs in socialism, because that's probably a lie, too. But one thing I hate when people lie about is their work history. I hate it. Got nothing to be ashamed of. You, I, I, I had a thousand different jobs. I don't even know. Loaded trucks, college, mercantile. I didn't like something. I was out of there. My favorite time was telling a boss I didn't like or a job I didn't like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. I used to walk to the car with no clue where the next dollar was coming from. Happy as could clam. Loved every minute of it. But to lie and constantly promote yourself regardless of the facts is only something a Democrat can do on a regular basis. Teaching special needs kids is a calling, but I finished the first year visibly pregnant. And back in those days, it meant you didn't get invited back. That's how it was. So Uh, I worked, it was in a public school system, but I worked with the the children with disabilities. And um, I did that for a year. And then that summer, um, I I actually didn't have the education courses. So I was on an emergency certificate, it was Mm -hmm. called. And I went back to graduate school and took a couple of courses in education and said, I don't think this is going to work out for me. Mm. And I was pregnant with my first baby. So I had a baby uh, and stayed home for a couple of years. 
That doesn't sound anything like the first story. Now, I understand we could have slippage through the cracks, right? I mean, here in Illinois, we've hired some real beauties. Not just little Dick Durbin, whose wife is a very successful lobbyist. At a coincidence, we've got the Congress people, Underwood, never doesn't live in the state. Lives with her mommy and daddy, and we elected her congresswoman, person, whatever. She's twice the man Sean Caston is. Here's another guy. Father on the green energy scam. Okay, so listen, it's going to happen. States are going to elect dummies and frauds and liars. But now you're talking about the country and a president? And I understand. Listen, I get the whole thing about Trump's tax returns. It's not about the tax returns. It's about what they reveal. And I know we can play the equivocation game. But this is just the latest in a history built on fraud. Everything this woman has done is based in fraud. From the applications, 1986, check the box that says Indian. Indian? You look like you got hit with a Mayflower. You're the Indian? Using it to get jobs at schools. To this, claiming to be a victim of a a misogynist world. They hate women and they really don't like pregnant ones. Until you realize in the other interview, she said she stayed home to raise her kid. Which is it, dummy? It's like I'm a socialist, but I like to flip houses after the implosion to make millions of dollars from my friend, the banker, and I hate the banks. So at least with Trump, he's in the same direction of exaggeration versus bald face lying. And to go to evidence of that is he ran on pulling troops out in the whole nine yards. But he also ran on something that got my attention very early on, and I rejected it. And a lot of you people out there calling me all kinds of names. Never Trumper. No, I'm a never BSer. That's the one I like to, to wear. Never BSer, not never Trumper. So the biggest problem I had with the Keynesian fraud was the massive call to waste, spend, and borrow money. And the trillion dollars the Democrat wanted to enrich their little groups that give the money back to them, the phony baloney construction companies and all the infrastructure profiteers, which are slightly dirtier than the war profiteers. But other than that, the same thing. There's just a hair bit of difference. They have the stretch marks from those trucks where the food gets dropped off on the job. That's the only difference. The other guys are eating at Roots Chris. There you go. He kept chanting about this fraud. See, because he knew. In the same way Barack Hussein Obama knew, if I spend the money, it'll look like successful economy. And that's called Keynesianism. It's taking and redirecting the government assets, whether they have them or not, which is my favorite part. They could just click a button. Spending them to look like success to the general public. And then to say we're going to cut taxes the whole time massively increasing taxes under a different word. They hide and manipulate the words. And that, to me, is despicable. And it's deceitful. Like this. Well, they want to make a deal. They're down three and a half million jobs. Talking about China. Started doing what we do. And uh, their supply chain is very cracked and broken. And they want to make a deal. ours is broken. Now, they're coming to see us on Thursday and Friday. Uh, We think there's a chance that we could do something very substantial, Bob. I think you think that. We'll see what happens. 
But in the meantime, we're taking in billions and billions of dollars of tariffs every month. And I stopped it. I didn't exit. Billions and billions of tariffs every month from you people. That's you people. And by the way, their supply chain chains aren't screwed up. They we make up 19 between 18 and 19 percent of their exports. That's it. I know everybody thinks we're the end all and be all. 18 to 19 percent of their business. Now, that'll hurt a business. You lose 20 percent, but it ain't going to cripple it. What it's going to do is weaken their resolve to continue using our dollar. I keep saying this. And in the meantime, everyone goes, no, 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 the dollar's soaring. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. And they're going to try to inflate their way out of taxes, or I mean, out of debt. Well, maybe. But you're at a level now where you better hope you're not alive if they inflate their way out of this. Because it's going to destroy your purchasing power. Just like what's happening. And you pretend it's not. And it's the redistribution of wealth that we hated under the Democrats that we now promote. Whether it's four bailouts to the farmers or three. It's all done. And this entire problem could have been avoided. And imagine how successful we would really be if we had an open free market. And then there's the tagline, they're stealing from us. Only the people who do business with them have a gripe. And if it's so bad, why the hell are you doing business with them? Then you should go bankrupt. Your intellectual property should be stolen. Fine. Shame on you, dummy. Can I short your stock? But that really wasn't happening. This was an excuse, a crowbar used to separate you from your reality, your own reality. I didn't even know what the hell a Walmart was 10 years ago. Look what it's done for the, for, for the people. Trade and freedom has enriched America. It hasn't stolen money from you. It has given the businessman, the one who should truly be worshipped, an alternative than to be shaken down by a corrupt government. Because it doesn't really work like it does in the books. You will see the final bottom line requires the factoring in of not just the material and construction costs, but also the architect's fees and the costs of land servicing. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. That is the kickbacks to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the team should like to have a little chat with you. And that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget something for the building inspectors. Then there's a long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. Maybe bribes and kickbacks and mafia payoffs are how you do business. But they are not part of the legitimate business world. No. And they're certainly not part of anything I'm teaching in this class. Do I make myself clear? Sorry, just trying to help, that's all. Sounds like me. No. Just trying to help. Notwithstanding Mr. Mellon's input, the next question for us is where to build our factory. How about fantasy land? Isn't that the truth? There's a difference between the sales pitch and the reality. Because the reality of these tariffs is that on average, to each and every American family is a tax increase of over $2,000. Now, that's real money. Unless, of course, you're selling me Obamacare, where that's just an insurance premium for one month. But this is devastating to the, the people who live among us that can least afford it. 
This is who pays the actual tariffs, not China. And uh, we've never had this. We never took in 10 cents from China. Still not. And we're taking in billions of dollars and, and uh, tens of billions a year. And on October 15th, as you know, it goes up from up to 35. It goes to uh, 35. It's going to, um, it's going to raise fairly substantially. We could always do it a lot more, but we've decided not to. So that's the story. And uh, I think that they will, they're coming to make a deal. We'll see whether or not a deal can be made. But it's got to be a fair deal. Look, we've lost uh, $500 billion a year for many, many years on average. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, if you include uh, intellectual property theft and all of the other things. Man, that this keeps place, saying the words. It's incredible that past administrations could have allowed it to happen. We're talking about $500 billion, not million. That's a lot, too. $500 billion a year for many years. That's value. You're not losing anything. You're gaining value. By his definition, you have a labor deficit with your landscaper. You give him money, and he does things you don't want to do. That's called value. 312-642-5600. You're always just minutes away from the latest up-to-date traffic info. It can only be AM560, The Answer. You can only hide alive for so long, boys and girls. And when consumer credit, your debt that you're carrying is at unprecedented levels. American citizen is the land of the walking bankrupt, living on credit. Which is why, if Trump was right and the people who support Trump were right, why must we force the interest rates low? Oh, you mean to keep up with the rest of the world that's doing the exact wrong thing, according to Trump? Which he's right on the, on, on the way they manipulate their money. We're the biggest currency manipulators. We are. Not China. Us. 600% of the money had a monetary base increase since September 11th. 600%. Where's the money? Banks don't have it. In fact, they're paying up to 10% for overnight loans, for deals that they sign. The repo market collapsing, as it did in 08, before anybody talked about derivative collapse. These are some major problems. $600 billion added to the debt in 90 days. This isn't working. Not working. Logistic companies imploding. FedEx, UPS, those are real Americans work there. The reason that they want these obstructions to choice is to pay off their pals. That's all this is. In the meantime, dumping like they were throwing steel on a dock. What's the profits of American steel companies since this? The select few, maybe a little bit, but it's not working. Our trade deficits are higher under Trump. You're just paying more. This is a backdoor bailout of unionized American labor. That's all it is. And that's exactly what the conservatives used to say when Barack did it. That's what you said when Clinton did it. That's what you said every time a Democrat did it. But today, it's okay. Which goes to the broader point. Donald Trump is the best Democrat we have to pick from in 2020. Ooh, what do you think of that? That should get some calls. 312-642-5600. All right, Tom, hit me. All right. Well, you and Dan Proft are wrong on the international trade. If you don't make it, 
mine it or grow it, you're not getting wealthier. And we are we so are hold on, hold on, hold on. So, off by the international. Go ahead. So uh, this is what I, let, let's do this. I'm not going to hang up on you. So we're getting ripped off by trade. Yet the explosion of American prosperity and wealth happened because of trade. And you're saying no, it didn't. Well, it happened because of trade because we are still the greatest exporter in the world. But we're getting ripped off because the other countries know that they can take advantage of us. Tom, and this is the first president to say stop to that. Tom, were we getting ripped off when when the UAW knew that they had us because we only had three choices? Increase. You're, you're, you're changing the subject. It is the subject. You see, you can't argue with them because they want to rewrite history because it defeats their premise. This country is built on the free flow of choice and value of the consumer, not barriers. It's not built on manipulation and barriers. And the prosperity of America is due to the freedom of the consumer and the freedom of the business owner and creator. You realize that the American businessman is to be worshipped here. The guys who figured out, I don't need to be shaken down by these two-bit mob thugs. I have options. In fact, the options are so great that I can purchase products American consumers want from distant lands, ship it here, sell it, and still have a profit, and bring value and choice to the consumer. They use the word tariff because they're cowards to call it a tax that it is. Cowards. And guys like that and guys like Trump, sorry, I'm just, it's the truth. They're fascists. They don't want you to choose. They choose. And the industries. And here's the reality. We've been doing this stupidity now that there's actually some data. $709 million on solar panels, washing machines, and dryers. $709 million just in tariffs. $4.2 billion on steel and aluminum. $4.2 billion. That's costs that shouldn't be there to our economy, sucked out of our economy to go into the government. Now, do they use it to bail out farmers? Maybe. But why? See, that's the Keynesianism that I, I referred to in the beginning. That's the redistribution of wealth that we didn't like when the Democrats were in. But now we love it because the Democrats are now calling themselves a Republican. That's what's going on here. $16.6 billion. Increased tariffs on household goods. Huh. What do you think about that? How about, how about the women that are working two jobs and her husbands work three? When you go to the store, that's the cost to you. $9.4 billion annual increase. Worth of imports on toys and clothing. Toys and clothing. That's where the money's rolling into the treasury. It's your money. $43 billion increase has threatened to, they've threatened to impose it on automobiles. Well, I would too, because you just had GM, the highest paid union workers, the UAW, GM, highest among everybody. They just walked the line, first time they got some air in a while, and they got an increase. And now, thanks to this tariff, you're going to be forced into buying it because they prevent value. I don't want to pay off these union slobs. Sorry, I don't. You want to make a choice? Make a choice. I'm all for freedom. But don't take it away from me.
It's bad enough the municipalities do it when they spend our money at nauseum to keep these companies afloat. Another Keynesian subsidies. I'm going to teach these people what the fraud in the economy is for as long as I have this job. Maybe I won't. You could all put on your hats and walk around in a parade or something. But in the meantime, we're going to do it this way. All right, let's go to the lines. Pat, thanks for calling. How are you? Great. You know, I have another container showing up from China just on Wednesday. Wonderful. I actually buy things from overseas. Have you? Uh, Yeah, I got a thong on right now made in Vietnam. I got a thong on backwards. I like to wear it backwards to confuse the people. Okay, go ahead. 42-foot container. Okay, Mm -hmm. so then let me ask you this. Do you know what king dollar means? Like mm-hmm. our dollar, the value, king dollar. Why yeah. is it the reserve currency? Because we lied to the, the world, world in the Brenton Woods Agreement. We threatened the world, and we lied to the world, and now we extort them with our military. It's not because so of choice. you can't tell me. Son, let's face it. The dollar is worth more than it has been in years. And how do I know this? Because I have to pay for those overseas containers in dollars. And you know what? The exchange because rate is different. manipulated their... All right, the Chinese manipulated finally their currency rate down to where where I pay them much less, and I pay the tariff, and guess what? This container that's coming in cost me 3% less than it did two years ago. Oh, there you go. There's a winner for – there's an importer who likes the tariffs. There's one. It's either that or it's all nonsense. 312-642-5600. News, opinion, insight. It's AM 560, The Answer. Here we go, baby. We're going to give a little history lesson. A lot of words get thrown around. People don't understand the concept right away. They put on their flag hat. Pretend it's patriotism. When, in fact, sometimes you're arguing against the most American principles on the planet. Well, wrapping yourself in a flag. We'll get to the union guys later. My favorite of all scam artists. Bunch of communists telling me how important they are. Somebody tell me how a union rewards excellent achievement by a worker. How does it do that? And why do all the business agents have those dumb cousins I mentioned at Thanksgiving on the job sites? Yeah, another labor extortion racket. We'll get to that after this. So Brenton Woods agreement. You know about this kid? Let me tell you a little bit. 1944 after World War II. Right? It's actually developed by John Maynard Keynes. You know how I refer to Keynesianism? It's a collectivist basis of an economy. Trying to do, he called it, uh, what do you call it, king dollar? No, no, no. It's just, a, it's just a currency, a strong world currency that other countries could exchange with. But the, they don't, instead of the word could, they, they like to use the word must. 44 countries jump on, we loan them a bunch of money. We create it and, and we tie it to the U.S. dollar under the agreement that the U.S. dollar would be attached to gold never to be removed. Well, we all know what happened, right? Nixon, Tricky Dick, another liar. Fraud. Created the EPA, by the way, for a little little trivia, you know, with, a, with an executive order. You know the EPA that Republicans complain about? Created by a Republican, by an executive order. Yeah. See how many people know that. Anyway, so they, they, by the time it collapses in 1971, it's all, from 44 to 71, we now, we now create, oh, all right, I'll buy four. We now create massive, massive amounts of debt and world exchange, and we break the agreement 
and it's too late because it's already anchored as the world currency. At which time America decides we can now print the world currency only to benefit us and our debt and our politician scam artists. So when we need money and the national debt you could point to was zero, then explodes to where we pretend it's $22 trillion rather than the $240 trillion when you do the math on unfunded liabilities. More than the, seize all the money, it's not even close. Okay? And now we force other countries through force and threat to continue on that path to exchange their currency the whole time we're printing ours. How's that seem fair? What if you're a country that's not run like that? And here you are, you got to do your little exchange so some guy from Downers Grove can import a, a widgets and make 3.5%, right? Instead of having a currency steeped in value. And now the argument is, well, no, 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 no. We have to continue to print and borrow and spend because the other countries are doing it. Oh, you mean like the Weimar Republic? The ones that, you know, imploded Europe, Germany? Or like the Venezuelans? Or the Chileans? Or pick an Asian country. So now the goal is the best of the worst. Sure, I know I'm in special ed, but I'm the smartest of those dummies. That's the argument now by the Trump guys. I got it all wrong. Principled, fundamental currency, that's passe. How could you think like that? And you know who should control the agreements between importers and exporters? I got it. Donald Trump. The Democrat fraud, Peter Navarro, and that Liza Minnelli-looking freak, Steve Mnuchin. And maybe we'll throw in Lighthouser. And you know what Lighthouser did when he, when he wasn't running with uh, Bob Dole, when he wasn't his campaign guy? He was a lobbyist, and you'll never guess for who. Steel and aluminum. But that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, they're corrupt. And they're right, they are. But they ain't the only ones. Now let's go to more corruption. Tim with the Union Worker. How are you, buddy? How you doing, sir? Good. Um, I think you could easily do away with unions if you, if you put into law that there has to be just cause to terminate an employee and that employees who are there for accruing time have seniority over, that, over employees that, that, aren't, you know, that, are, that are there in less time. Okay. And that there is no, we outlaw cronyism, we outlaw nepotism, a lot of we laws. do these things as a society, because the problem with it, what you don't understand, well, you, you understand, I, I know you're right, no, man. it's all right, go ahead. But the thing about unions, the thing about unions is that rather than have all the pals that are in the uh, racquetball club or their brothers and, and family members making six or seven, eight, nine, ten times the salary of the people who don't know the upper echelon of a company, unions make it even, even for everybody. Oh, we boy, all Tim. get a 3% raise. We all get a 4% Tim, but raise. But you all don't deserve I, it, Tim. You all don't deserve it. And, Tim, I like you. You sound like a smart, conscientious guy. But you're only thinking of one side of the argument. And you sound an awful lot like the principles that built the Soviet Union. That's the argument. We make a law, and when we make another law, and we make another law. What about the guy that owns the business? Well, too bad for him. The employees are more important. There are no laws. There's work. There's your effectiveness. 312-642-5600. We're not socialists. Unions are. Read it tomorrow. See it tonight. Or hear it now. AM 560. The answer.
If only we had a system that benefited the worker. If only we had a system where somebody could come to this great land and start with nothing. And through an idea or a service, see a need and fill a need and profit. If only we had an idea that didn't restrain somebody who wanted to create, start, or operate a business. If only we implemented the Americanism that bore this country. If only we were capitalists. But today, we're going to create laws. And maybe everybody could get 3.5% raise. And maybe we could create a law where everybody starts out at a very high thing and we'll call it a minimum wage. And if only we could create a law that would give strangers control over the individual businesses and we'll call them a bureaucracy. If only we could build a utopia through legislative weaponry. You know what other country thought like that? The USSR. That was all the intention, all by very well thought out, very nice guys, who had this vision of if only the few could control the many. There it is. Worker's paradise right there. Everybody get a raise. Everybody makes money. The country makes, builds, creates, and consumes. There it is, an isolated utopia where everybody lived in peace. How'd it work out? 60 million dead. Tens of millions around the world murdered. All for the worker. All right, who wants to defend the union now? Fred, how are you, buddy? How you doing? Wonderful. Uh, yeah, unions were probably good at one time, but... Uh... They, 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 they've lost their, their way here. You know and, how Al Capone's uh, brother was killed? No. Organizing a warehouse when the unions were supposed to be good at one time. It's not a mistake why organized crime took over the unions. It was criminal from its inception. That's a fairy tale, we were told, like the tooth fairy. It's not really the case. Did, did, did capitalists or did factory take advantage of workers? Yeah. Yeah, they did. But not the good ones. Did they, did they abuse the workers? Yes. But they also inspired them. In fact, some of those workers became crucial in being abused at work and going off on their own and inventing things, like Firestone, for example, who started out as a factory worker. So is the system of work and maybe get fired harsh? Yes, it is. But it's not half as harsh as a system that gives everybody raises who don't deserve it. And you know what I laugh at, Fred? We live in the city of the most corrupt unions on the planet. The Chicago Teachers Union is my favorite example, where it doesn't care one iota of the product it produces. It's only interested in extorting the people who use it. And in, in, the, in the teacher's case, the people who don't use it. That's the perfect scam. So well, Fred, unions should have never gotten into, uh, no. into uh, um, public service people. And you know something, Fred? They were being destroyed destroyed in the private sector. But you know what strengthens them? Tariffs. That's how we all got started. I'm not kidding you. This trade war is a backdoor payoff to American union labor, and it's because Trump in his brilliance has seized their vote. That's all this is, brother. Don't be deceived by the fairy tale. Recognize sometimes the system is harsh, but so is freedom. Freedom is scary. And you never know what could happen. And you could try real hard and do all the right things and end up a bum. But socialism guarantees you do. 
it just gives you a lot of company when it does it. All right. Let's go to the guy. Ken, thanks for hanging on, buddy. Ken, how are you? Hey, uh, two things. I think the public service unions are, are really destroying the country, not just labor unions, but public service unions. Uh, we need to cut government by 30% of the workforce and make it more efficient and accountable. But then number two, uh, you were talking about um, um, the Bretton Woods. It's the central banking system that has devalued our currency 98% since it started, and it's a monopoly, and it's a corrupt monopoly that has to be broken. I'll shut up and listen to what you have to say. Thank you, Ken. I hope your brother Elvin is doing all right. I loved it. It was beautiful. He was right. I got nothing to argue with. All right, Rob. Come on, we're finishing up the show. What do you got, buddy? Hello. How are you? This is Elvin. John, is that you? Yes, it's me. Hey, the uh, the tariffs, man. I, I I totally am listening to you. I hear these guys call in, and that uh, you can tell they, they they're already mind made up. I come to you hat in hand and say it has helped my manufacturing business. I don't believe in them. I, I have to be honest with you. They scare me. But in my little world, they have helped me. Uh, hey, Rob, and it does. I, it will help a few. It's the bailout of the minority. Apparently, that helium business is big. All right, listen, we, I've had a great time. I need three hours. Can't just do two hours. i got to have three hours. But we'll be back tomorrow on the Slap and Tickle Show. And uh, I had so many clips. I had Klobuchar. I had a uh, little bit of Biden. Do we have I can't have time for Biden. We got Rodney Dangerfield in. But here's the thing. Don't take my disgruntlement for bad economic policies as a, as a rally cry to vote for the socialists. That's not what I'm interested in. What I am interested in is rebuilding the American freedom and capitalism we were guaranteed by the covenant of our Constitution. A few men in Washington cannot seize the economy. It's wrong. It's important that the Kens and the Bills and the Teds have the freedom to fail. Capitalism is scary, but so is liberty. you got to fight for both. Do not turn because you're afraid to socialism. That's what the powers that be are banking on. I had a great time. Slap and Tickle will be back tomorrow, 5 p.m. to 7. We'll see you then. What? The stories behind the stories on AM 560. The answer.